Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So if I sound rough, sorry to make everybody listen to me, but uh, just had my booster shot yesterday, so I'm having the, the booster hangover. <laughs> but Jeffrey, you sent me a, a very interesting Twitter thread, which we'll link to in the show notes, as we always do. And that had the interesting idea of linking mob programming, which some of our listeners may know about and some may find terrifying, with psychological safety, which at least longtime listeners will know we care about. But I hadn't seen that connection before. Can you tell us what, what's the connection? What's the, the Twitter thread about? Yeah, I'm happy to go into it. And this is from, uh, I think this, um, I hope to get this somewhat close, Dargan uh, Stefanovic. Uh, and he wrote this uh, tweet that goes along with a an image. And the image is a sort of a, a loop between psychological safety and pair slash mob programming. And the uh, the, the phrase, the, the quote that, that, I, that looks out to me, it says, teams that have higher levels of psychological safety tend to co-create more. But what I find even more important is that teams that co-create tend to have higher levels of psychological safety, driving that reinforcing feedback loop. And I, I really like this. Yeah. So what's he, what, what does he mean by co-create? I'm finding that confusing. Does that mean, you know, what, you draw an architecture diagram on the board together? Well, I, actually, I think it could be. Now, in the context that he's talking about, it, it's kind of limited. He, he's, he's talking in, in the thread about... Um, pair programming or mob programming, where you'd have two or more people working on the same code, to pull requests, uh, which is where one person um, makes all the changes, get everything that he thinks exactly right. Um, and, and as he says, with pull requests, you just see the end, very th thought through and polished result. Whereas with co-creation, you see every single mistake made while navigating the solution space and incrementally solving a problem. So, the, so, the so wait, hang on a sec. Hang on, hang on. Because not all our listeners may understand this, and I'm not sure I do. So <laughs> pair programming is where you get two people together and they share one keyboard. Yes. And they, they write the code together. You and I have done this together and many other people, but it may seem odd to some of our listeners. And then mob programming is where you get five or 10 or 20 people and they all share one <laughs> keyboard and they all write code together. Have I got that right? I just want to make sure I'm not nuts here. <laughs> That's right. I'll, I'll go put a, a link to mob programming uh, uh, into, the, uh, into the show notes. But the, the idea is that you have one keyboard for a group of people. And um, uh, this, is, this has been a, a, a more radical version of, uh, uh, as you say, pair programming, which would be you know, two people, one keyboard. Here you might have you know, N people in one keyboard and people kind of uh, shouting out things to do or different ways, different ways to run the mob programming session. But, um, and, and, and so that's, that's mob programming. So as I think we're clear for people, you know, many people, one keyboard, everyone watching everything that's happening. I think that's the big difference between both of these from traditional programming. It maybe your people are more familiar with something like code reviews, which is sort of reviewing something that's already been done or pull requests against same idea. Things have been so, so one in a, person in a pull request things. model because some of our listeners might not know that either. A, a pull request model is going to be one where you go away by yourself, write a whole bunch of code, and then show it to somebody else, and they say, "Yeah, this is good," except line twelve. Yeah, is that right? That, that, yeah, that's right. And I and I think if we if we take the analogy into um, something like writing a book <laughs> or or working on a presentation, the difference between having someone work with you on the presentation and you're kind of working on the slides together. Uh, versus me coming up with all the slides and saying, "Hey, Squirrel, can I? Would you review my slides?" But in 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 the co-creation, this is a, a, a this is a joint work that we've done together throughout. In in the review case, it's really my presentation, and I've done all the work, and you're 
reviewing it. You're, you know, I come in and say, maybe I'll run you through it. Say, there you go. There's the plan. What do you think? <laughs> Isn't it great? So, so the argument here, if I understand the Twitter thread right, is that if you do some form of co-creation, whether that's pair or mob or, I don't know, some, some other kind of way, uh, sharing videos of you writing the code, I don't know, something, if you're doing the, the work together, then that creates more psychological safety and, and I think he's claiming better results uh, than if you go away, write the code, share it with somebody else and say, what do you think? Yeah, that, that's, that's right. But but gotta, there's got to be an efficiency trade-off there, right? It's got to be so much more efficient <laughs> if I just go away and write my code, you write your code, and then we compare, well, right? Well, not not in practice. I mean, there's a, I think there's a, this is this oh, is a debatable really? thing. A lot of a lot of people, I think it might be more controversial. Some people would say um, that that pairing or mobbing is is um, not more efficient. I think I think it is in practice when you look at um, the overall system. Uh, um, maybe people write more lines of code when they're working independently, but later on you pay the price in quality and understanding. So you 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 have a you have a superficial efficiency in the solo work. In practice, I've found that pairing. Uh, um, is is more efficient for me and and the people I've worked with than solo coding. And I'm trying to help out the listeners there because I've heard that argument over and over again. I've even had somebody say we should give the developers typing lessons so they can type faster. Forget this pairing <laughs> stuff. So uh, uh, I'm actually with you on that, but I wanted to to model what our listeners might be saying who might be unfamiliar with this. But I've always made an efficiency argument. I've always said, look, if you're going to do a code review anyway, why don't you do the code review continuously? Why don't you do it while the person's writing the code? And you get a whole lot more information in both implicitly and explicitly. But there's an argument here about psychological safety, which I think is really interesting. Can you can you expand on that more? Because I'm not sure I get that part. Well, absolutely. And I think this is what, what makes this stand out to me so much is that I think is, is in my experience as we talk through these options of co-creation, very often people will agree with the, the, the um, theoretical benefit. But then they say as an obstacle, they say, you know, gosh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really hard to get people to sign up for that because they're gonna, you're going to need a lot of psychological safety on the team for them to work together. And what's interesting to me is that this turns it on its head. It says, well, and it says, well, yes, but also these actions actually create psychological safety. And, and to me, that's what really made this notable. So part of what it says is, if you don't have the co-creation on your team that you would like, one way to get there is to start with co-creation. And, and so yeah, I think um, what you meant to say, if, if you don't have the psychological safety, start with co-creation. Is that what you well, meant? Well, actually, actually, no, I, no, I'm, I'm said, I, if you don't have co-creation, start with co-creation. I got confused. We exactly, no, that's exactly what I'm saying, which is, which is sort of prime the pump, uh, find a way to do a small bit of co-creation to build the psychological safety ah, okay. to let you take um, a larger bit of co-creation, which builds more psychological safety. And and so that was that was the uh, idea I had in mind is this sort of stair step effect where uh, uh, the, having having had some co-creation lets you get to the next level because you build the psychological safety through the act of that co-creation. I get it now. And then this is great for me. I really like this because I know in my own uh, experience, the team I work with, one of the things that when people join the team or work with us find really odd is uh, um, a trying to do something, I, the phrase I use is work in public, which is to say, if you have a question, uh, um, ask it in the Slack channel. I mean, that this is of course, you know, how things work, you know, in, in, in COVID times and we're remote, um, you know, put it in the Slack channel, put it in the Teams channel. Don't just ask individuals, don't email each other offline, don't have private conversations, try to have the conversations in public uh, and there's all kinds of benefits that come from that. 
because it turns out those conversations are actually acts of co-creation. So someone might say, "Hey, I saw this in the, the latest, uh, um, you know, I saw the latest charts, and it, it seemed to me like this looked funny here. This, you know, is this aligned the way it's supposed to be?" And then someone else comes back and says, "Oh yeah, no, I, I fixed it. Is this better? Oh yeah, I like that. But how about this other thing?" And there's this dialogue that happens back and forth, and when this co-creation um, plays out in the group, they are uh, um, building that psychological safety, and it, because it's visible to other people, you tend to uh, do more to create trust among each other. Because I think that there's an element here which we can step away from co-creation to say, actually, there's an important element that Dragon points out, which is the contrast between seeing a final polished product and something where you see all the mistakes as it goes along. You see the evolution of it. And I think that if, um, and, and he actually points this out in the Twitter thread, he says, you know, if you're able to see me make mistakes, uh, and accept me as such, that makes it more likely that you will accept yourself to be seen as making mistakes, um, and which helps me in turn. So the fact that we're, we're both willing to be more vulnerable and, and less, let each other see mistakes uh, um, makes us more likely to work in public to actually get more feedback faster. And that's where he ends up saying, you know, the result is, you know, we, we then end up shortening the feedback cycle, which gives us better learning. And, and that's uh, able, something we're able to do when we have more empathy and acceptance for ourselves and our ability to be seen as imperfect, uh, which, 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 which I think I think back to so many of the, the, um, the, the contrast where very often people do want to, um, of all types. Now, we, this has been about developers, but I mean to generalize here. Lots and lots of professionals that I see have a real aversion to being seen as less than perfect by people on their team and certainly by people who they lead. You know, uh, the leaders especially will often have an issue where they, they don't want to uh, be seen as not having the answers and, and, and not being um, uh, having the right result from the beginning. And you can go even further with that. And that resistance is even greater. For example, um, I have multiple clients. I'm thinking of one right now who, uh, in the, the, as I've worked with them, I've discovered that their engineers have never talked to customers. And I say, wouldn't it be a good idea if you talk to the people using the software? And they will often say things like the defensive anti-Dragon um, uh, view. They'll say, oh, I don't want to show them things that aren't perfect. I want, uh, you know, I would put them off. They would be um, concerned about us. They would think we don't know what we're doing. And I had one who literally was spending six months polishing and uh, perfecting by some, uh, by, by some criterion. And then showing to customers, of course, the customers hated whatever it was or, or didn't use it. <laughs> and what I did was exactly what you're describing here. I hadn't formed the analogy yet but until you described it. But what, what I did was say, look, we're going to talk to the customers every week and we're going to show them our imperfect um, and incomplete work. Now, this was quite painful. But it immediately gave benefits because, first of all, the customers told us very different things than what we thought. And uh, we were involving them in the process, so it was um, much safer to try things that might be more speculative, that might be less um, validated, because, hey, we're going to see the customer next week. We'll ask them whether they like this or not. And that really created a cultural shift in the team where now I don't think they would go back. They would not go back to, to not interacting with customers. They're continuing with that habit of uh, working in public with the customer, which can be tremendously threatening. It was threatening for them at first, but in fact gave them tremendous both psychological safety benefits internally and um, quality benefits externally. 
Yeah, and it's, it's such a great example. And I think it really does encapsulate this idea that uh, the irony I find of people wanting to be seen as authoritative and as a result being unwilling uh, to, to be vulnerable and as a result, the outcome ends up being lower trust than when they allow themselves to be seen as imperfect, uh, which over time allows them to build trust and, and, and as a result, get better outcomes. So excellent, great, great, great example, great Twitter, Twitter thread from Dragon. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, really appreciate it, and uh, we'll link to Dragon's thread so you can read it directly. I keep wanting to say Dragon like a, a, a beast sailing through the sky, but I'm not sure I'm saying it right. At any <laughs> rate, if if listeners disagree with us or with Dragon and uh, are finding that, that it's actually better if you uh, don't interact with your customers, if you don't uh, work in public, <laughs> if you don't. Uh, uh, pair or mob rather than use code reviews. We'd love to hear disagreeing points of view. If you have examples or questions where you'd like to try this or, or you really can't understand how on earth 20 people could all write code together, then we'd love to get your questions. We'd love to hear from you as always. And you can find us at agileconversations.com. That's where you'll find our Twitter thread, our Twitter accounts, our um, free videos and things uh, you can watch, um, uh, email, any kind of way you can get in touch with us will be there. And of course, we'll be back next week for another episode of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl. <laughs>